Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the welcome back to the For Film's Sake podcast. I'm Brian Ochilla, <laughs> and I'm Chris Lucky. <laughs> and today we're going to talk about like a really a classic movie, like mm. one of the biggest of all time. It's mm. in the Criterion Collection. Yep. And it's by the good old Akira Kurosawa. I'm gonna I'm gonna mangle his name the entire <laughs> podcast. I'll just call him Akira. That's that's yeah, it. Akira. <laughs> uh, Japanese is so great. Yeah. So great. Yeah. I've been watching anime for like almost all my life. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. So like Japanese names don't trip me up. Mm. I really want to learn Japanese. That shit is fucking is, cool. Is, is Kakarot? Is that Japanese? Uh, I think it's a made-up <laughs> Japanese word, like, but it is. Kakarot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, if anything that they say on DBZ, I can repeat that. <laughs> I'm good enough for Talking that. Talking about DBC, I've been watching DBC Super. Mm. Like, I marathon, like, the last 13 is episodes. Is that any good, Super? Oh, it's pretty fucking good. Okay. Once uh, once you get past, like, the first 20 episodes when mm. they're rehashing the, the movie, yeah. the last movie that came out, yeah. then it becomes like, holy shit, this is amazing. Okay. Um. Because they're just like, they have to tell the story, but they didn't want to just skip through the movie. Mm-hmm. So they have to retell everything and make it more dramatic. Yeah. But holy shit, it's pretty fucking good. I'll check I it really out. like it. I'll check it out. Like, I stopped at Dragon Ball GT. Yeah, so GT was, was not, not good. Yeah. <laughs> no. uh, yeah. What was his name? Uh, Tony? No. Uh, Tori Toriyama. 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 Mm. Uh, he's the creator of DBC. He okay. said, like, yeah, Dragon Ball GT, I didn't write that. It's okay. not mine. All right. <laughs> it, you can have it, but it's not. Completely no. disassociate himself yeah. from that. <laughs> it's like, nope. Mm-mm. So that's why he made Super, because he was, he was going to stop after Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. But then GT came out, and people were like, dude, you can't leave us with GT. No. And he was like, I can't do it. Like, okay. I have to make another one. Yeah. So he made Super. And okay. it's fucking good. I'll check that. Super Saiyan Blue is cool as shit. Hell's yeah, all right. Fuck yeah. Fucking right. Goku. Yeah. Do you know that uh, Japanese anime characters have a tendency to be voiced by women, at least a main character? I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I've seen yeah. that even American characters. Like, Bart Simpson is a woman. Like, a lot right. of our male characters are women. I think that's fucking cool. Yeah. 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 Nice. So, what have you been up to? Let's do the condiments before we get into the condiments. Life. The salt, pepper, ketchup, mustard. Salt, pepper, ketchup, mustard. Relish. Spice. Spices. Sage. Salt, sages, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of sage. Time? Nope. Yeah, speaking of sage. <laughs> <laughs> you thought you were going to get a shout out, didn't you, bitch? <laughs> but, but, <laughs> well, didn't that give him a shout out? <laughs> I, I guess in a, in a backhanded way, he still got a shout out. So, <laughs> there you go, sage. <laughs> uh, I got you covered, sage. You're good, bro. Um, I've still been watching Atlanta. Like, I've, bring, I've been bringing this up like every episode. How many episodes it's gonna have uh his next week is the last episode okay yeah so we're coming up on the end and we still really don't know anything like nothing's happened but it's just such good television it's really good to watch it's one of those televisions that's like fun to watch yeah yeah that's, it really that's is. pretty good i still haven't watched it I, I really gotta watch it the um two weeks ago they had an episode just um kind of like with black culture mm-hmm. and just showing how we have to be we have to have like gaudy jewelry and all, all these flashy things and like the newest in technology and yada yada. So this guy he brought he buys a brand new car that's a prototype. Nobody has this car yet. It's invisible. This car is so nice that it's invisible. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so um so they're they're at this uh this nightclub and uh of course at two o'clock in the morning the nightclub gets shot up in the parking lot. Right. So everybody's getting in their cars and fleeing as fast as they can and they everyone gets ran over by the invisible car that's trying to get out of the, the parking lot as quick as possible. It's it's, it's just completely that's surreal ridiculous. is how this can be yes, no humor. Exactly. Yeah. You know he was sitting like in this room going like invisible car man yep. running over people. Fuck <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so it's Atlanta still holding it down pretty well. That's fucking cool. Hells yeah. I've been, Black Mirror came out. Yeah. We've been watching some Black Mirror. Hells yeah. That show makes me barfy. Love it. It's, I mean, it's fantastic. Mm. I love the shit out of it. Yes. I can't watch it for more than like two episodes a night. Mm. Because it just makes me barfy. Yeah. And it's not like 
the camera work is bad. It's not like the cinematography is bad. Mm-hmm. It's just that the show itself is so unsettling. Oh, yeah. That I just go, that's, every uh, time. That's, that's why I love it so much. It's kind of like what we were saying with the uh, like Louis show. Mm-hmm. It's very uncomfortable. It's like those are the only times I kind of like feel alive. You know, because like, I feel like life is bullshit for the most part. It's just like people aren't being real and or, or just being fake as hell. You know, like same thing as like being in a car and someone is pretending to be some macho badass because they're inside of a vehicle. Right. But if you're face to face and they're not that person. And I, I don't know. It's like any time that I can just get that feeling of actually being alive. And that's Black Mirror. Just it fucks with you, man. It does. It, absolutely. I've only seen three episodes mm. so far. Yeah. Uh, the first three. Yeah. The one with the social media. You seen the lady. second one? Yeah. Noise. That, I I love the second one. It yes. was It's not my f- okay. It's not my favorite episode. Mm-hmm. I think my favorite episode of Black Mirror is the one the with John Ham. Oh, the, the Christmas episode. Yeah, from Christmas last episode. Mm-hmm. I really really like that episode. Yeah. But the VR episode was just like I kind of want that. Oof, like it was, it was fucked up, but I was like I kind of want it. That that was my favorite episode. Like they tied so much stuff into that. They like, did. It really did. I mean, to the point to where it's like he um. You have seen it at the end. Well, oh, I wish we could have an episode on, on fucking yeah, Black Mirror. Yeah, we should Mirror. just have an episode on like, Black Mirror. Hey, I'm, I'm down for that. But yeah, yeah um, at Black Mirror episode two was just my shit. Virtual reality. He's going into a, um, it's supposed to be like a horror type mm-hmm. thing. And he doesn't know, at one point he doesn't know what's real and what's, uh, and what what's not it? anymore. And I don't know, I'm, I'm not going to spoil it for you guys. Because I mean, what did it come out? Like last week? It come out like, yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you a month. <laughs> I'll give you a month it's to watch six hours. It's one of those shows that if you don't watch in a month after mm. it came out, you kind of lose some of the, the charm to it. Because yeah. people are going to talk to you about it a lot. That's that's the thing that uh, that happened this week with Walking Dead. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? Like, people have are not sensitive to people I, at all. Here's the thing. I, I don't care about you don't spoilers watch, yeah yeah like not because i don't watch the show i just yeah. don't care about spoilers in general i understand that yeah. uh so like you could tell me that like daryl dies yep. if i was a huge fan and i'd be like man yep. that sucks i wonder how he dies oh yes yes exactly <laughs> like, i just enjoy the quality mm-hmm. of the entertainment for what it is i don't mm-hmm. like the twist I, I mean twists are nice yeah don't get me wrong oh yeah if something surprises me though i'm gonna do fucking writers yes but it's like i don't care it doesn't affect my enjoyment of the show mm-hmm. so like when i found out that glenn dies and his fucking his eye popped out I yeah. was, fucking head yeah and i was just like oh that's neat they yeah. killed him yeah it was about time he's been alive for too long that's that's <laughs> what I, I think i brought that up like two or three weeks on the episode it's like people are so into like that spoiler culture like they it's really so, i'm like yeah. fuck the fuck the spoiler culture but it's like what i was a little bit upset about is at least be sensitive to some people that might accidentally see a spoiler you know it's like mm-hmm. just because i don't care about a spoiler as soon as i seen that glenn died i didn't immediately call everybody that i knew and say hey guys <laughs> glenn's dead <laughs> post pictures and everything and that's what uh, one of my friends on facebook did as soon as they showed glenn died he's taking pictures of, of the tv from the dvr he's putting <laughs> the picture up of his head being bashed in and yada, yada i'm like shit bro like can you at least like give him a few hours what the fuck yeah it's like for this, like I'll, I'll give you full twenty four hours before I say anything about Glenn being dead. I yeah, I, I I handle spoilers like as long as we have a conversation about the show. Yeah, I ask people if they care about spoilers, yeah. and if they don't, then it's fucking fair game. Yep. that's what I do. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't watch The Walking Dead. I mm-hmm. don't really give a shit about it. I mm-hmm. stopped watching after season one. Yeah, ugh, uh, the budget cuts. Uh, drop mic the drop. <laughs> drop the mic. <laughs> after the whole budget fiasco with uh, mm-hmm. Frank Rosberg or Rosenberg, Where whatever the fuck is? his last name is. Mm-hmm. After that shit, the show just went down the drain. It got bad, but it's redeemed itself. Like, as yeah. a person, I, you have no yeah. s- input in this. The no person that's seen no episodes, like, no. Like, it, <laughs> like t- season two 
wasn't as good as season one. Season three got a little bit better. Season four was not good. Season right. five was not that good. And I was here saying that shit. Like, yeah. you know, it's like I was literally saying that. And I'm the same person here that watched the first episode of the premiere. And I'm saying I'm happy again. Well, that's good. Happy. That's good. Because yes. they, they've, they've acknowledged their mistakes. But like yes. for, for a while, it felt like The Walking Dead after season one mm. was just kind of like, hey, soap opera with zombies? Yeah. And no, just seriously. Kinda, yeah. Seriously, very just much. like, oh, I'm pregnant now with Glenn's child. Yep. Oh, I had an affair with Rick's best friend. Yeah. Oh, my kid had loses an eye. It's mm-hmm. like, what the fuck? Yeah, all that stuff. And, and they refused to. Uh, I was comparing it to Game of Thrones when Game of Thrones mm-hmm. was on. How uh, Walking Dead refuses to get rid of any of their main characters. Yeah. You know, they'll introduce a character for that season and then get rid of that character. But none of the mainstays, they weren't really getting rid of those people. Right. And Game of Thrones, they'll introduce Joffrey. Everybody hates, get rid of him. They'll introduce like any main character and they just did. What Walking Dead did this time was uh, there's a character named Maggie, mm-hmm. a beautiful young woman that, that's on that show. Yeah. And a lot of people like her on she there. She's pregnant with uh, Glenn's, Glenn's baby. Yeah. And I've been wanting her to die for three seasons. <laughs> Hardcore, been waiting for her to die, and that, and that's not been a popular opinion. No, I don't, I don't blame you. <laughs> you know, and 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 the the reason the reason is is in, in season two or season three, they're all in the uh, this prison. They're they're all in a prison, and they're they're all holed up, and they're living there. Mm-hmm. And their uh, their adversary there is the governor. Right. He, he was the the Negan of three years ago. Mm-hmm. Right. So uh, so so the governor he kidnaps uh, Megan and Glenn and puts them in two separate rooms and starts torturing Glenn to where Maggie can hear it, right. and it's trying to get Maggie to. Give up information about who, where, where, or where the rest of you guys located. How many guns do you have, and how many people do you have? Right. And Glenn's not coming up off of any of that information. He's just taking that shit. They're torturing him. They're beating him. He's just taking it. Maggie and tells him. Maggie said, tells everything. You she bitch. she gives it up. She's like, they're all at the prison. We have this many people. These are the kind of guns that we have, and these like she just gives up everything. And from that point on, I'm like, you're not part of the family. You can't <laughs> know. It's like you just just gave up everybody. Every person, like you sacrifice 30 people, 50 people for one person. Yeah. You are, you are, you're, you're, no, you're done. You're fucking cunt. You're done. <laughs> you're done. Yeah. So I've, I've been waiting for her to die for three seasons now, and now I'm back on Maggie's side. You're I'm back on Maggie's side? Hells yeah, I'm back with Maggie. What did she do that made you redeem herself? Uh, Glenn, Glenn had to die for her. Glenn had huh. to Glenn had to die for her shit sins, and Glenn went out there. He died, and she just mourned the loss and was completely miserable. And I was like, you know what, Maggie? Now I'm back with you. I'm okay. cool with you now, Maggie. Huh? So interesting. I, I was so surprised that they actually did it. And got I, I, I didn't think they would kill Glenn. Hell I think no. they would find a cop out for it. Yeah. Which uh, here's the thing: like Game of Thrones, mm. they does the killing of main characters very well. Oh yeah. Because it's like real life. You yeah. know, it's like oh People shit die. happened. Yeah. You got stabbed. Yep. Fuck you. You're dead. Yep. But, like, The Walking Dead has a really long setup for each character death. Yeah. Like, they make a big deal out of it. Oh, yeah. And I don't like that. I don't know if I like that. Yeah. I don't know if, like, like it's a fun little treat to end the season and then find out who died mm. in the next episode or, like, in the next season. Yeah. It's, like, a fun little culture thingy. Yeah. But, like, writing-wise, it's just, like, when you lead up to that big of a fucking setup, mm. inevitably, someone's going to predict the fucking setup. Yeah. So, like, by the time Glenn died, we're like, oh, Glenn's dead. Okay, cool. We know. I have I have a question right now. Do you, do you believe that there is a time and a place for the entire um, English language or just language in general? Uh, what that, do you mean? That, that all words are um, valid. That, that, yeah. Yeah. 
that, all words are valid. Okay, good. All right. Yeah. Because when I, I just said cunt just now, and you had the most cringe-worthy face, like, oh god, no. No, no, no. I wasn't saying because you said I was cringing because you said cunt. Yeah. I was cringing at the situation of oh, Maggie yeah. being a bitch. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, because like, mm, yeah, yeah. No, I don't like that, Maggie. Yeah, because because uh, no. the way I feel is like with the vocabulary, like I, I feel like there's a time and place for everything. It's like nigger is a bad word. Right. It's a bad yeah. word. And I don't like to see it, but it's just like I'm not gonna, you know, not say it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> Like I said, same way, like, cunt is a bad word. Like, yeah. it's, it's just as bad. It's like, if you, if you, like, rank, like, bad words in America mm-hmm. right now, like, nigger and cunt are going to be, like, like one and two. Up there, yeah, yeah. They're, they're all the way up there. And if you put them together, you're, like, fucking... Fucking nigger deadly. cunt. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> fucking nigger cunt? Yo, I think we just found something just now. We just fucking found something. Whoa. That might be the most offensive thing that's come out of my mouth ever. Yeah, yeah. Fucking nigger cunt. That's right there. You've hit rock bottom. <laughs> Like who was? I, I better not hear any of you guys repeat that shit. Like, that is terrible. You should not say nigger cunt. You should. <laughs> Speak, speaking of terrible, um, it's like a Louis C.K. joke. Yeah, <laughs> um, speaking of terrible, you know the uh, the Medea Halloween movie came out. Yeah. Do you know it outsold everything? Maria Hollywood movie. That Medea Halloween movie outsold every movie in the box office box office this past weekend. There were like it, okay movies. It, it outsold Jack Reacher. Yeah, what the fuck? I don't know, man. What the fuck? I don't know. Here's uh, here's the thing, and I don't know how ignorant this is gonna sound because mm. I because I, I genuinely I haven't done research on it. We just finished saying nigger cunt like yeah. ten times, so I think eleven <laughs> <laughs> times. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think there's something I've been noticing between cultures. I'm yeah. I'm Hispanic. Yeah. So I notice a certain kind of movie that make it into the Hispanic culture. Yeah. And Hispanic people will go watch that movie yeah. despite the actual quality of the movie. Very true. And I fucking hate that shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I see that happen a lot in black culture with yeah. movies like Medea and yeah. like fucking Tyler Perry. Yeah, same person. And like, yep. uh, no, no, yeah. Mo- but like, mostly him. Mostly yeah, Tyler Perry. Mostly Tyler Perry. Yes. And like sort of like the Wayne Brothers, which some of the movies are to good. To an extent, yes. Uh, but lately yeah. they've been kind of like on the downside of that mm-hmm, shit. Mm-hmm. I can agree uh, with that. That kind of shit. But it's just because like, oh, it's a black filmmaker. I'm going to go watch him. And it's like, I appreciate your sentiment, mm. but look at the fucking quality of what you're watching. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, you don't I only have to be a black filmmaker. You have to be a good black filmmaker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was talking to a guy. He came in to class. He said that he had just seen the Medea movie and he loved it. And I was like, "All right, well, um, do you like Ernest Goes to Jail?" And I'll, have you heard of those movies? There's mm-hmm. um, they're basically uh, the Medea movies, but it's a white guy, and they put him in like he's like a country hillbilly redneck. Oh, is that the? You know what I mean, Vern? <laughs> I, <guess. laughs> I think so. That sounds yeah. really familiar. Yeah, he's he's just like, but they had like seven or eight movies: Ernest Christmas, Ernest Goes to Jail, Ernest right. is Halloween, Ernest like so many different things in different situations. And I'm like, all right, I understand if you like those type of movies, then okay, because you can get a good laugh from it. Right. But you have to understand that there's nothing there. <laughs> there's right, there's nothing no there. yeah and so i'm like same thing with like britney spears like okay you can say that britney spears is the best artist of all time but you have to realize that no yeah <laughs> <laughs> but you can say it but you have to know you're wrong exactly <laughs> yeah. so that's just what's surprising to me but yeah Medea, it just outsold every freaking thing i don't get it i don't fucking get they're not yeah. fucking funny no they're just loud and obnoxious yeah. and fucking. They're just in your face about everything. Yeah, I don't. I don't get how comedy has gotten to that state where we have a really good, we have really good comedians. Yeah, and people are just like, nah, nah, <laughs> not gonna watch. We gotta do something else. Mm-mm. Nah, Bill Hader, nah, Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Amy Schumer, nah. She's been Broad in hot City, water lately. Nah, 
Amy Schumer's been getting hot water lately about, yep. um, I guess, feminism. I don't know. Like, I have she had a stand up where people walked out because she started talking politics. No. Um, and like, it, it was it was about two hundred people that walked out. Yeah. And she started talking about politics and made fun of Trump and like made fun of Trump supporters. Mm. And so people, some people walked out. Okay. But here's my defense for Amy Schumer. Mm. If you're gonna go see Amy Schumer and you expect her to not talk about politics and mm. say vagina a couple of times, yeah, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like I feel like everybody was justified in that situation. She's mm-hmm. justified to say what she wants to at her own venue, and right. those people that paid the money are justified to waste their money. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know I'm not. I mean? I'm not saying that yeah. anyone did anything wrong. Yeah. I'm just saying that the people that walked idiots. out are idiots. Yeah. Because like you knew what you were getting into. Yep. That's like when people go to see Tobias, uh, David Cross, mm. uh, on his latest stand-up. People walked out of that. Um, oh, well. And the uh, one that came out of Netflix. Yeah. Because they were expecting to see Tobias. And be like, yeah, I'm Tobias. Like, and nope, he's he like, David Cross. No, nope. kids are dying because, like, we want virgins in heaven. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, Jesus. It's bad. It's All bad. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, people the make me the uh, Donald Trump Walk of Fame. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. We were talking about that. I was upset about that, man. Like I, I, I didn't seen, like it. I was. I seen that, and I was. I was pretty upset. I, I was like, we're not better than him, then. Mm-mm. You know, it's like the same. The same people that they're calling us like the liberal left. You know. Right. Then uh, it's like, yeah. And then we're going and doing something destructive and vandalism. You know, it's just mm-hmm. like like that's not the way that you go about it, and you're just stooping to the level of those same people that we're trying to fight against. Right. Like I get what they want to say with the message. Yeah. Don't do it. Yeah. It's like I don't support Donald Trump any more than the yeah. next person. You know, but it's like you can't go that route. You can't. You do can. That. It's no. like it's like it's taking the low road. You yeah. have to take the high road for that shit. Definitely. Oh, by the way, which reminds me, if you're in North Carolina this past following this fall next following week, mm-hmm. uh, go vote. Oh, please, <laughs> yeah, go please, vote. Yes. So do something. I, I want one more interaction before mm. we fucking call it quits. Yeah. I was I was working at the cage, mm. and uh, this lady walks in, and this teacher walks in, and she starts talking about politics, saying that her mom's uh, voted voted for Trump. Okay. And I just went like, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and so this other person comes in, and she hears that, and she decides to chime in with the sentence. I mean, Trump would fix the financial situation. He is a businessman, and I'm like just filling out a sheet, and I. <laughs> And I hear that, and I go like, no, 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 wait, mm-hmm. wait. You do realize that this is the same idiot that has, I asked her, how many companies does Trump have? Mm. I think 14. How mm. many of those have gone bankrupt? 14. Mm. He's not going to fix anything. He's you not. idiot. No, he's not. I just, I, like, I looked at her like if like, someone shot out like a, th- like a turd in my bowl of cornflakes. Just like, yeah. Pff, yeah. it's just, ah, just, ah. It was, oh, my goodness. Ah, no. the misinformation, the, uh, the complete ignorance ah i mean I'm, I'm just like ready to get these like placeholders in and out you yeah know? right i mean it's like hillary 68 donald trump 70 i mean in four years she'll be 72 he'll be 74 yeah. i mean they're not getting eight years i hope not i hope not i mean that's ronald reagan is the oldest president we ever had he got out at 76 so yeah. donald trump will be 78 years old as a president no no it's not, <laughs> not happening and Hillary Clinton is just like, I don't, I'm just so accustomed. Like, I guess I'm spoiled because of Obama. Like, right. he was a very young president. Mm-hmm. And even still, you had, you've seen him go from the nice uh, Caesar cut to gray hair yeah. you know, that quickly. <laughs> That's and a stress job, man. It is. It is. Same thing happens. I mean, it happens to all of them. And it's just, wait, wait till you see what happens to Donald Trump's no hair having motherfucking ass. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just it's like going to uh, turn into Voldemort. Yeah, really. But, you know. Anyway, go fucking vote. Right, don't fucking sit in your house thinking like, eh, it's not going to change anything. Mm. If you don't vote for president, vote for fucking Congress or Senate or yeah. governor. Yeah. Do that shit because those are the fucking assholes that matter. Yeah. <laughs> so vote. God damn it. Please anyway. and thank you. We're going to be right back with Rashomon. Yay, yay. See you later, guys.
And welcome back. We are here. We just got water and beer. And now yeah. we're going to talk about fucking Rashomon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is a... Uh, this is really this is one of the episodes that's really an excuse for us to watch a really good classic movie. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. talk about it. Yeah. And uh Rashomon directed by Akira Kurosawa, mm. uh nineteen fifties. Nineteen fifties. All the shit. Yeah. And it is honestly in my opinion, there's a reason why it's classified as one of the greatest movies. Definitely. Ever. It's fucking genius. Hell's it it's, is. God damn. Yeah. I was watching it's only an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Actually, can you give us a run then? Yeah. Uh, this 1950, brimming with action while incisively examining the nature of truth, Rashomon is perhaps the finest film ever to investigate the philosophy of justice. Through an ingenious use of camera and flashbacks, Kurosawa re- reveals the complexities of human nature as four people recount different versions of the story of a man's murder and the rape of his wife. Yeah. It's pretty simple. Pretty simple plot. Yeah. But it, the way that it's presented, holy shit. Yeah, man. It, it was like, I, I thought that I... Um, when I when I initially seen it and I knew that they were gonna go from story to story to story, it reminded me of uh, Citizen Kane that came right. out very very early as well, to where you have different people recounting the the life of one man, but having different perceptions of it. Right. Know? But this right here, the the camera work it's was insane. insane. Beautiful. There, okay, th- here's one thing that I made about this movie. There are 129,600 frames in this movie. Okay. If I were to print out every single frame of this movie. Mm. 128,000 of them would be paintings. No, seriously, They're yeah. Beautiful. Yes. Beautiful film to look at. How, you know what, I, I mean, this has nothing to do with the movie, not too mm-hmm. much, I guess, but the, well, I was immediately drawn to all that fucking water. Yeah. Early on. Yeah. Like 1950, where are you getting all these resources to just be <laughs> drowning this shot out with that much water? water. <laughs> yeah. It was so much, man. Because, I mean, it, it's shot like they're outside of like a temple and mm-hmm. they, they're just um, uh, passing stories because they, they can't go anywhere because it's raining. Right. And when I say it's raining, it's like a torrential downpour. Oh, that's, that's, that's boring. Yeah. That's fucking yeah. raining. Oh, yeah. Uh, here's here's my my favorite thing that Kurosawa does. Kurosawa mm-hmm. is known for... Involving the background into the filmmaking, into the story. Every shot. So uh, the rain, the wind. Mm-hmm. There's a couple movies where he has fire mm. uh, in the background. It's, I think, Seven Samurai, mm. the one that I remember that from. Okay. Uh, the background reflects the mood of what's happening in the foreground. Mm. So and the, when they're in the temple in the first introduction, yeah. you feel a sense of gloom. Everyone's kind of sitting now, yeah. unbelieving uh, what the story was happening. The priest and the other guy are kind of confused and trying to... Uh, make sense of the story mm. but this torrential downpour of rain apart from being the thing that allows us to get the story of ourselves because yeah. we are in the place of the guy that just walked in yeah um it ser- it serves to put a, 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 an air of, of melancholy and gloom mm. into the the story itself yeah because they're talking about a man's murder mm-hmm. and then when they f- then then they they keep that sort of sense of gloom uh, alive throughout the whole temple scenes mm. and they flashback the cut is so jarring because we no longer have the background noise of the rain hitting. Yeah. We no longer have uh, sort of the, the visuals of the background always moving. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that creates a jarring cut that lets you know that you are now back in time to whatever story the one should present. Yeah. And whatever that background is presenting. So, like, in the interrogation scenes, the background was a clear weather. It was wind. And like you see the depth in those shots? It is insane. Like Holy in, shit, that in, looks pretty. In every interrogation shot, they, they, there was someone in the foreground and the background, every single one. You had someone sitting Indian style or, well, I guess you can't say that anymore, uh, crisscross yeah. style? <laughs> Native American style? <laughs> I don't know what the PC thing is for that. Dude, <laughs> we just said nigger cunt 12 times. 
get away with sitting Indian style for this episode. <laughs> I guess I so. think we're okay calling it Indian style. <laughs> yeah. So you, you got you got a guy sitting uh, Indian style in the uh, in the foreground, and then some one or two people sitting uh, Indian style in the background mm-hmm. of it. Every shot, I mean, is just um, the depth is so it, nice. It, it, I mean, it is such a pretty pretty composition. Mm-hmm. And like, not only is like there's. Uh, Here's he, okay. Here's the gist of the story. We mm-hmm. started with these three people yep. in the temple, yep. and then one of them is like, "I don't understand the story. I don't know what the hell's happening." And so the guy that just walked in, which is just a vehicle for the audience, mm-hmm. uh, sort of asked them to tell the story. They start telling their own version of the story, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's raining so bad. So it's like, okay, well, well no, no. For first, he's like, um, "There's been a murder. There's been a murder." Right. And then he was like, "Well, why do I care? I'm sure there's like five or six unclaimed bodies just laying around here. In it's not temple, a big deal. Right? Yeah, it's not a big deal seeing a dead body." He's like, "No, no, this is different. All right, well, let me hear the story. We don't have anywhere to go. The rain's not going to go anywhere. So let's hear your story." Right. And the setup is fantastic. Yeah. And the setup of the telling the story is fantastic. Yeah. But then the flashbacks do something incredible, mm. which is they bring you to an entire new place of the story. Mm-hmm. With minimal effort. I mean, it's just one cut, and then you're immediately there with them. Yeah. Which is difficult to achieve. Another, I, I've seen movies that have flashbacks yeah. that try to do the same thing, mm-hmm. and it falls flat for some reason. And it's because the dialogue doesn't match with what they're saying. Mm-hmm. And in, in this, in the, for example, the first flashback, which happened about uh, eight minutes and 20 seconds of the movie. Mm-hmm. I took notes for this shit. I Hell love, yeah, I'll I see love you. this movie. Nice. <laughs> um, so, like, the first flashback that happens, uh, he goes, like, well, I was walking through the forest, and then immediately we get a, like a gradient wipe that goes across the screen. Yep. And now we're walking through the forest with yeah, it, yeah. and then erasion sort of happens. So you get the feeling that these are flashbacks, but they are tied together mm-hmm. by a loose thread, and you get to see that thread along the movie. So yeah. it doesn't feel disjointed or, or you know, kind of bleh, fucked up. That was that was that uh, odd to you to see that wipe for nineteen fifties film? Yeah, the, you know that, that's, it, it was like whoa, like I'm learning about this in class right now, and this motherfucker did this 70 years ago. Right. <laughs> so it's like whoa, you fucking genius, bro. It, yeah. it it was pretty it was pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Um, I, there's so much to talk about in this movie that I'm I kind of like fucking overwhelmed a little bit, just because uh, the first of all the compositions were amazing. Yeah, we've said that. Yeah. Um, but when they move from the temple scene to telling the story, mm-hmm. we have a forest scene what that. It's about the f- five minutes long. Yeah, the, f- the first telling of the story. Right, the first yeah. telling of the story. Through the uh, through the eyes of, I guess you would call him the main character. How's this guy's name pronounced? Tajumaru? Uh, no, Tajumaru is the, it's Toshiro Mifune. He's Toshi- the, he's Toshi- the bandit. Toshiro Mifune. <laughs> yeah, that's, um, it's, to- it's told through his story, the um, through his eyes the first time. No, the no, bandit. no, the first, the first time it's thrown to the guy with the, the beard that was like talking with the priest. That's the right. first time. The uh, the story is not told through the bandit the first time. No, no, I the bandit's was... turned. The f- it's the third time through the bandit. Tajomaru is the is is the bandit. Hold on, hold on. all right. The, the, I thought the first the first time the story was from the bandit. The second time was through the woman. The third time was from the guy that died, and the fourth time was from the per- the onlooker. No, 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 no. What? What? Uh, the first time was from the guy that found the woman's body. That was the first time. Okay. So he found the woman's body, mm-hmm. found the rope, found the samurai cap, mm-hmm. and then the second time it was told from the priest's perspective. Okay. Uh, and then the third time it was told from the bandit's perspective, mm-hmm. and then the fourth time it was told from the dead man's perspective. What and about the woman's perspective? Uh, fuck, that's I'm right. I'm saying it was four perspectives. There were four perspectives. Yeah, it's like I thought it was. It was the like I said, the the bandit, the woman, the the man that died, and mm-hmm. and the, uh, the what's the name, the onlooker. Right, the the onlooker. Mm. The onlooker was the first one. So uh, maybe mm. the priest didn't have one. That's what I'm saying. Okay. I think, yeah. But the onlooker was the first one. Because okay. he was the one that found the woman, the, the yeah. dude's body. Yeah. 
So onlooker. Uh, well, no, 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 I agree. Yeah, yeah. yeah. On, onlooker first is just we didn't get the information until the very end that the onlooker actually had a perspective and stole the dagger and sold the dagger. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we didn't get that. So yeah. there's actually five perspectives. One of them, the first one being a lie. Yeah. Uh, well, so they all could be lies. You know, well, like, yeah. That's what threw me off at the end. It's like I got I have four separate perspectives and I still don't have the truth. And that's that's what I was feeling like the movie was trying to get to. It's like what is the truth? Because we I went through. By the time I got to the woman's perspective, I was like, that's a little skewed from his. Yeah. And then the, the things that were similar was that the uh, the bandit uh, in his story and the one that the uh, the man that was killed, in both of their stories, the bandit unties him. Right. You know, in the woman's story, she unties uh, her husband. You know, so and then by the time we get to the uh, the last person recounting the story, it's different again. So I'm just like, I feel like I would need a fourth, a fifth, a sixth version of this story, and it would still not match up. Yeah, it wouldn't. Mm-mm. And I, and and that's you're right. That, that's what I think the movie is doing. The movie's yeah. like, ah, people are kind of they lie. Yeah, they lie to cover their ass. Yeah, and like we're dealing with morality and sort of like what would people do are they yeah. an evil person because they lied and they an evil person because they steal that that came up at the end with the right, uh, with the yeah. baby mm-hmm. you know he sees the uh, the baby is in um he's he, some uh, a man and a wife apparently they uh, they left their child just there in the middle of a, a downpour rain everywhere right. and just left them the baby there so um the main characters of the film they they go over they hear the baby and one of the guys he takes the um like the blanket or whatever the kimono, the kimono yeah it looks mm-hmm. like it's an expensive thing and it said it had like a, a gem or amulet Ta- yeah it had a talisman to protect the baby to protect the baby and the guy was like well fuck it like the baby doesn't need this you know this is this is worth money like i'm gonna take this for myself i'm gonna sell it and i'm gonna you know flourish in this world right you know in this world you have to be selfish or you're not gonna get anywhere right so and the other guys chastising him he's like how can you steal you know something from a baby he was like what the fuck bitch you stole the fucking dagger from from that woman you know right. so it's like how how was a thief from gonna judge another body. thief yeah so yeah from the dead from body. the dead body yeah it's like you're, uh, a thief is judging another thief no mm-hmm. don't don't tell me what's morally right Fucking dog eat dog world. Yeah, I I think what the movie was trying to get at with that scene mm. was saying that everyone will do something on towards another person, mm. but it's the sort of the motive and the oh, the, yeah. the connotation behind that action that actually yeah. do matters. The context of the action, yeah, is what actually do matters. I think that's what I got out of it. Yeah. I'm gonna get into like the bandit side of the story. Bandit, bandit was dope. I fucking love that was my favorite version of it. You know, through in, in his story, it's like um so so he he has he has the one he sees the woman, he's like, She's just so fucking beautiful. He has to have this woman and she's off to herself and then he goes and sees the guy. So uh, he ties up the guy, you know, because he has wit and skill and yada yada apparently. It's like he's world renowned and people know who he is. Yeah. So uh, he ties up the guy, then goes back to get the wife, and it was like he says when he sees her, she's just like the most beautiful thing ever, and it's because of how much she loves her husband, mm-hmm. you know, and, and he wants that now. So so he was like, you know, what I'll do is I'll take her and show what I did to her husband, and then maybe she'll like love look her. at me like that. Right. Yeah. But that's not what happens. No. And um happens. and he proceeds to <laughs> to rape her. Well, yep. not in his version of it. He doesn't really rape her. They and they don't show well, that, that happening. That was a fucking fascinating bit. Mm. Like you don't really notice it, yeah. really, because uh, you're playing with a narrative yeah. that's so weirdly structured. Mm. But perception definitely had a thing in yeah. this movie. Oh yeah. Like the Ta- Tajomaru's story mm. uh, was per- like. He was selling at how he perceived it. Yeah, it was full so of in honor. his mind yeah. he seduced the the woman. He seduced her in his mind. Yeah, uh, and so like you show what was initially to start to be a rape scene turns into like a consensual scene. Yeah, 
and and that's the only way they show it. Yeah. And you're like, huh, that's weird. You made out with him. Mm -hmm. You're like, oh wait, that's just him being crazy about it. it yeah. yeah, yeah, that's just his side of the story. And um, and then they asked him, was like, why did you kill the man? He was like, well, I didn't initially. Like, I was just gonna walk off with her and was gonna live in, in the sunset. Right. You know, but then she was like, no, I can't. I can't live knowing that two two men know know my shame or have right. seen my shame. You know, so one of you has to die. Yada yada. So the uh, our bandit goes over. He um, like I say, he's still supposedly full of honor. He unties the man. And it's like, okay, let's have a duel. You bring your sword out, I'll bring my sword out. And what commences is my favorite action choreographed sword fight I've Very ever seen real. in my life. Very real. And I mean, it's like you can, people can compare it to that um, crouching tiger, hidden dragon like mm -hmm. sword play that they have in there. This thing is choreographed down to the T. And it's like, I didn't appreciate how good that choreography was until you see the last story. Right. Like the silliness of they're just being terrified and they're not really as good with it yeah. with those swords. And the, the bandit, <laughs> when he's telling the story, he was like, yeah, we, we crossed swords 23 times. I and remember that. <laughs> so I was impressed. Yes. Because my previous record was 20. So I remember <laughs> that it was 23 times we crossed swords. <laughs> So, so then he um, he ultimately says that um, that he kills them in, in a way. Uh, the guy falls down the hill. Mm -hmm. He throws the sword down at them, and he just assumes that he kills the, the man. Right. Yeah. Through the first story. I, I, there's just so much. Like it. The my the thing that I like about this movie is mm -hmm. that once again, we really don't know what the fuck happened. Mm -hmm. So we're just kind of left with like, ah. As you figure it out, the uh, the, yeah. the the woman like she had a completely different perspective I on that. Hated that lady. I did too, man. So I, much. I so like in like in, in her perspective, she wasn't manipulative at all. Mm -hmm. Like she was the total victim in everything. In everything. And, and it's like I'm not gonna say that you weren't a victim of rape. Like you, something happened to you that you didn't want to happen right. necessarily. But it kind of like seemed that she was a um, like a front runner. She was just gonna go with whatever was most beneficial to her life. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Now, he, here's what I I want to mention something about the interrogation scene. Mm -hmm. After we have the characters of the story, yep. they go like, and then I was called three days later to testify. Yeah, and so now we're in an interrogation scene. Yeah, where supposedly the characters are talking to a jury of people. Yep, but really they're just talking straight to the camera. You become the jury. That's awesome, yeah. bro. That was awesome. You never see the jury. You, nope. Matter of fact, you you never even hear. Them. No, they you don't, they don't even like the guy is like a what. You want to know how I did this? Right. What? It's like, no, there's like, it's, that's that's brilliant. You're absolutely, uh, the, the setup of the jury is absolutely a vehicle to make you the jury, make you the yes. judge, jury, and executioner, or who deserves to die. Yeah. And I thought that was fucking brilliant. That is. And, and oh. what I thought would be one of the earliest examples of breaking the fourth wall. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Because that's all they're doing. Yeah, definitely. Um, but they're doing it to fit the narrative instead of making a joke. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, I'm going to get a cup holder. A coaster. Yeah, we should do it. Because, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm always afraid of doing... The glass thing? Yeah, mm -hmm. every time. All right, we'll carry on. We're drinking beer, by the way. <laughs> Cheers. Yes. Uh, but uh, the interrogation scene was fascinating to me because the first guy tells the story. Yeah. And he's sort of full of eye contact mm -hmm. and starts talking to the to the jury like you would expect someone to talk to, afraid yeah. of the law, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but then the, the priest comes in, no eye contact at all, nope. whatsoever. Nope. Uh, he's sort of ashamed, I think, of people. That's what that sort of symbolize for me the fact that he's ashamed of being a man yeah knowing that someone can kill somebody like that mm -hmm. and lie about it mm -hmm. and then the woman comes in and she starts looking trying to look seductive for yeah. the audience yeah and like sort of sitting kind of like draw me like one of your french girls type of way mm -hmm. and like looking straight at the camera with yeah. like a weird shin up kind of look yeah and i was like i 
trying to seduce the belief out of you. Right. And like yeah. for the first couple of minutes she was on camera, I was like, oh, maybe she's not. It's like, and then, well, no, no. Mm-mm. What the fuck is wrong nope. with you? Yep. She's a, no. Fucking she's nigger cunt. Vis- <laughs> <laughs> Fucking nigger cunt. That's what you found out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, like, my God. The characters were trying to manipulate you as an audience. Yes. Yeah. And instead of trying to manipulate another character, you yeah. become a character in the movie. Yes. Which is a level of immersion that you just don't see nowadays. Typically it's fucking you don't. genius. Yeah. The fact and then the the fact that the camera did not move. Mm. The fact that it just kept adding to the composition, uh, when the first guy talked, yeah. uh, the onlooker talked, and then the priest talked and he was sitting behind the, the priest and the light on the writer frame. Mm. And then the writer from the priest sitting there and the lady come talking. Mm-hmm. So, like, they just keep adding to the same composition, yeah. which is a genius way of saying, hey, time has passed. Yes. This is the first guy that talked. This is the second one. Now we're in the third. Yeah. Time has passed. Yeah. And not to it, uh, it's just uh, so much in my head. And then, like, uh, that happened. The compositions are genius. Mm-hmm. Everything's calm and collected in the background because we're trying to, to learn the facts. So yeah. it's like objectives. Like, this is what happened. This mm-hmm. is how it happened. This is how it happened. But when the story starts getting a little bit more fantastical, we start getting wind in the scene when the medium comes in. Yeah. So everything's rustled. No one really knows what to believe right now because yeah. they're talking to the dead man, but they don't believe it. Yeah. The priest is like, I don't think a man would lie after death, but the other guy's like, no, they totally lie Everybody lies yeah. any, at any point. Because uh, so like, it's all perspective. Like in his yeah. mind, it wasn't really a lie. Like it's just, it's all blurred. Perspective is so blurred. Like what yeah. is the truth to one person is a complete lie to another person. Exactly. And I get into the, the woman's side of the story. Like, so we heard the, the first version of the story. We heard the bandit's version of the story. Mm-hmm. And then getting to the uh, the woman's side of the story. And her side of the story, she um, there was a bandit there and he brutally raped her. Here's uh, what happened. Here's mm-hmm. what we were confused about the perspective. The priest didn't see anything of the murder. He mm-hmm. just said that the he, hat. Met, he met the, no, he met the... He met Mifune, mm. uh, Tajimaru. Yeah. Uh, when he fell off the no, that was the no. No, he said he said that he he said that he um that he was there, but he didn't actually witness the murder. Right. And they then just later on, walked past him. Yeah. That's yeah. why I was confused about the perspective. Okay. Yeah. 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 Later on, he 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 comes clean. He was like, okay, no, I was there. I seen the whole thing. Yada yada yada. Yeah. But um, the uh, the uh, the woman side of the story, she uh, she gets brutally raped by the bandit, mm-hmm. and after it happens, the uh, the bandit wants to to leave with her, and her husband is just sitting there staring at her like you're worse than nothing, you're right. less than nothing, like I could never be with you again. You're just he just slut shames her basically to to nothing, yep. and uh, she she's just so hurt like she and you don't get to see that what happened the same way with her being raped, you don't get to see her actually kill him. But right. in, in her mind, like she's getting closer and closer to the to him with the dagger. It's like, stop looking at me like that, please, please, just stop looking at me like that. And she's getting closer and closer. She's a complete she, victimization. Yeah, uh, her, her narrative is a complete victimization. Complete victim happening. the whole time. Mm-hmm. So uh, she justifies her reason for killing him because you know he slut shamed her to nothing. I guess right. to made her feel like less than a person. But then we get the the husband's perspective, yes. the dead man's perspective. The dead man. They channel and him through a medium so he can tell this side of the story. And that's when the story started getting a little bit fantastical, and mm. that's when we start seeing the sort of the shake up of the wind, yeah, and all the other silly stuff that happens. Yeah, but uh, he tells another entirely different perspective mm-hmm. of the woman being a fucking bitch. Yeah, and right. she and was like uh, manipulating uh, uh, both of them, Tajimaru, yeah, to kill the bandit, and yes. then the bandit to and the, to, to kill the husband, husband. Mm. and then the husband to defend her life. And they're looking at each other like, I wouldn't risk my life for her. Yep. Tajimaru is like, <laughs> well, I, I guess. have to. Like, I did this thing. Now, I'm kind of like in too deep. So they have to fight. Well, no, well not initially. Not initially. Because mm-hmm. um, as soon as he's like, I'm not willing to risk my life for her. Yeah. He kind of like looks at it and he's like, well, if he doesn't think she's worth shit, then I guess I don't have something of value. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, at first. But but eventually she does convince them to, to fight to the death. 
So I'm like, yeah, she was she was very manipulative in that. But but um but no, in, in his side of the story, he eventually just kills himself. Oh yeah, he does. He yeah. kills himself with a dagger. Yeah, yeah. In his in his side of the story, he sees that um he sees that his wife just so easily turns on him mm-hmm. and and gives all of her love to the bandit that he just doesn't want to live any longer. Right. Like that same look that was in her perspective mm-hmm. of him just like in her mind slut shaming him and uh, slut shaming her and uh, thinking that she's below beneath nothing. In his mind, he's just like, wow, like I gave my life to this woman, and then she just on the drop of a hat, a bandit comes in and then. And she's giving it up to him. Absolutely, and it's yeah. worth to mention that uh, that that for that story, the bandit and the dead man sort of worked together. Yeah. And she was like, "Well, you want me to kill her?" And the guy couldn't decide. She got away. Mm-hmm. The bandit caught him off, mm-hmm. and then he was like, "All right, guess I'm killing myself because yeah. she's a bitch." <laughs> yeah. And he takes a dagger right to the heart and right kills himself. Seppuku. Yeah. Uh, so, I don't know. Like for this movie, honestly, I like. In terms of how I like the movie, it's a genius movie. It's mm-hmm. a goddamn masterpiece of time mm-hmm. and cinema. Um, I don't, the last 30 minutes of the movie, I didn't like very much. Okay. I think they were a little bit too. It was a weird. little, yeah, it was a little over the top. Like yeah, I, they got a little weird. Yeah. But movie's genius. I mean, the technicality in this mm-hmm. movie is incredible. Yes. Fucking Kurosawa. Yeah. If you, if you want to find anything to look at in Kurosawa, mm-hmm. the background, pay attention to the background. Oh yeah. Uh, Kurosawa reflects the emotions of the people that are in the frame in the background. Yeah. And he will do that in almost any movie that I've seen has the Kurosawa name on it. Yeah. If they're in war, there will be fire in the background. Mm-hmm. If it's sadness, there will be rain in the background. Yeah. If it's uh, sort of happiness, there will be sunshine and nice weather and sort of grass and wind. Yeah. So, like, the background definitely does give you an indication of how you're supposed to feel in the scene. Yeah. Which is excellent in filmmaking because it's something that you don't even realize has being looked at. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, rain, for example. Rain calls a certain element of nostalgia for the audience yeah when you drown your shot in rain mm. you're drowning your shot in a very real sense of nostalgia and melancholy melancholy definitely, that yeah. allows every any emotion that you're presenting after that setup mm. to be filtered through a, a, a sense of that melancholy, filter of melancholy yeah yeah and and, th- and that does amazingness for how you tell your story and i feel like a lot of filmmakers these days don't realize the extent of the background yeah yeah. Uh, which is another reason why I love Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright is very conscious of the background, mm-hmm. very conscious of what's happening in the foreground versus the background mm-hmm. versus what's happening in the midground yep. and the sound design. Yeah, all of that shit matters when you're making a movie. And I think that if people like Kurosawa hadn't come along, we wouldn't really have that. Not not as quickly. Yeah, yeah not as quickly at all. We uh, we still had one more perspective, and that was supposedly supposed to be the perspective of truth. You know, right. and and that's that's still blurred in itself. Is the uh, like you said, the uh, the man that uh, that said he was there, but then on trial he didn't say that he's seen everything. He didn't give all the information. Right. And, he um, sold a dagger. Yeah, yeah. So when we finally do get his his complete side of the story, it made me the, his side of the story is what brought me all the way around to knowing this is a great film. Like outside of how beautiful it looks, outside of you know so many things, like how we tied this in. All right, so um. Er, early on you get to see like one of the like i said one of the best choreographed sword fights that right. i've seen especially for 1950s what did you think it was the best choreographed fight because it could just because it felt so real or because it was like um, actual stunt work that was insanely difficult not, not that it felt real because i just i don't know what a sword fight right. you know would look like besides fencing you know on television <laughs> <laughs> no but um but it, but it just the, you, it wasn't a winner there was there was um like 30 seconds of straight sword fight and at one point the sword goes into the ground he's trying to get the sword back and they're both fighting back and forth to get it and i mean it's just right. it looks really 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 good it, it looks impressive i agree with you yeah. i totally agree with you it's like it, it made me think of like um of blocking 
but in the most complex way possible. You know, because if you're getting all of this in one shot and you have to, and, and, and someone like me that's anal as hell, and it was like, yeah, we crossed swords 23 times. And then I'm like, like bitch, did, oh, did, one, you, two, did you really cross swords 23 times? Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> so it's like, I'm, I'm looking at it, I'm like, whoa, like you put a lot of time into this like 30 second clip, you know, of just yeah. this right here. And then I, I didn't get why so much detail was placed into that small fight when it might not necessarily even be true. Right. You know, until I got to the very end, and then you see these two big macho man the big macho bandit and the man that's um, gonna defend the, the honor of his wife and then when they really get into the situation to fight for the honor of the woman both of them are scared shitless terrified they are terrified it's, it's like what I was talking about earlier in the opening to where it's not real it's right. like people that, that think they're all big and macho behind their cars and behind the, the fake stories and everything when the, a real situation and then that's how both of them reacted like right. neither, neither one of them wanted to even cross swords once mm-hmm. you know they were just the most terrified small little bunnies that you're ever gonna see and um, eventually, the uh, the bandit does kill him, but like, it's but with regret, yeah, I with mean, lots of like regret. apprehension and and sort of a look of like, holy fuck, I killed somebody. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it, it was making me think about just like war in general and like statistics that they uh, they would give us in the military about like how many uh, like how in World War One and World War Two, most of the uh, the ammunition that was used was wasted because they were just shooting over human beings' heads. Right. Or yeah. you know, in uh, Vietnam, the uh, people were actually uh, getting close in, in close combat and killing people and coming back with PTSD. Yep. You know, because it's just not in human nature to kill another human being. Uh, Absolutely. And and to and to see that played out in the uh, the fourth story that neither one of these humans like as much as as much as ability as this bandit might have and a thief and a charmer and all of these different things that he has is just not in our nature as as a able minded human being to go kill take a life from another person. Absolutely, it was just really nice. It's pretty brilliant. It's oh, yeah. pretty fucking brilliant. Oh yeah. I, I I am I'm genuinely I haven't I hadn't watched another Kurosawa I Kurosawa film mm-hmm. at all. And like I, and, but I've always been sort of the proponent that old cinema, every old cinema that's been lasted through time, yeah, has absolutely something to teach a filmmaker. Yeah, so I agree with that. Excuse me, definitely. Uh, every every film that's like from that era has absolutely the ability to teach something to a filmmaker. Mm-hmm. And I think because I've heard people something like, oh, it's black and white, it's sold, it's not gonna so be what? fun. Fuck you. Yeah. So <laughs> what? Fuck you. So what? It's gonna be so. It's it's. It might be so out of your element from yeah. what you're used to right now. Yeah. That you feel uncomfortable watching it, and you kind of won't know what to make out of it. Yeah. But once you get into the old, once you get immersed into the the, the narrative that the filmmaker wanted you mm-hmm. to get into, you start to notice a lot of things that you wouldn't notice otherwise, like yeah. like the backgrounds or like the character, ex- the facial expressions. Yeah. That were used. Yeah. Everyone except uh, Tojimaru, which played by to- Toshiro Mifune, has a uh, has oh. a really sort of calm, subdued look in their face. Mm. Uh, except for I think maybe the onlooker with the guy that sold the pearl inlay. Yeah, dagger, yeah. He just kind of always looks sad. Yeah, because he's like regretful. Yeah, the whole time. Uh, he knows. But Toshiro Mifune, he's a goddamn psychopath in this movie. I loved his laugh. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> I was like, whoa. <laughs> like, every time, they, like, he just, like, impressed himself so much. I he loved himself. him. He I did. fucking love Toshiro and Kurosawa made a show of the movies together. Oh, yeah. He is he is one of the best actors wow. uh, of Japanese cinema. He yeah. reminded me of uh, this guy from this movie called Ichi the Killer. It's to say it's an old, like, Japanese movie. But, yeah, it's like, I, I was very impressed with his acting work. That was he, really he, good. It, it's fantastic. Oh, yeah. And the facial expressions. Uh, mm. Kurosawa doesn't do a lot of close-ups. Mm. I, feel, I feel like there weren't. And everything was mostly wide or medium. Mediums, yeah. 
Uh, when he did a close-up, he did a close-up. Yeah, it was very purposeful. <laughs> it was Definitely. a very purposeful close-up to show, mm-hmm. like, Mifune's, like, either fear, to show Mifune's anger, to show that Mifune's playing with everybody Yeah. And when he's telling a story. Yeah. It was very, you could definitely sense the real sort of, like, hey, I am, I'm, I want you to look at this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, I, I don't know. I guess I'm saying that I'm impressed with how good filmmaking can be yeah. when you look at it. Yeah. Considering that we're surrounded by so much shittiness in the in like later now, mm-hmm. like now and not now nowadays. Yeah. Uh, that looking back at someone that knew what the fuck they were doing so early, it so early in the yeah. game, yeah. It just makes me really happy. Oh, it yeah. really makes me like appreciate how far we've come in terms of filmmaking. Yeah. It's awesome. I agree with that. Yeah. There was a um. I, I guess like what you were saying with the, with the close up. Uh, you really have to use it sparingly, like the same mm-hmm. way with um with action. If it's just all action all the time, then it doesn't mean anything. If it's all you hear close that, Zack Snyder? <laughs> you fucking hear that? It means nothing when you just give them all action all the time. The same thing with um with how, how you you're like paying attention a lot to sound. Mm-hmm. You know, if um if you're trying to get like an an intense feeling and then you're automatically drowning people and beating them over the head with sound, it's like you're fucking ruining your effect. Can we talk about the soundtrack? Oh, amazing! Yeah, it was so good. Hell's yeah! It matched perfectly what was being ha- what was happening. Yeah. Also, uh, that was another great use of soundtrack. You mm. know, the forest when the scene when the scene the the onlooker is walking down the down uh, the forest at the beginning. Can, yeah, when he finds the the body. Yeah. The soundtrack for that, the cues were yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Like I was like I was tense. They're just walking through a forest. Yeah. There's nothing interesting happening. Nope. But the shots were pretty. Yeah. They were shown in different ways. There mm. were enough angles and forward, like, right frame progression yeah. that you could tell that it was moving forward through the forest. Mm-hmm. And then not only that, but the music set up your expectations. Yeah. The music sort of rises up, and then you feel like, oh, oh, oh music's there, music's there, something's happening. Oh, oh just the hat. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, 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 just oh. the cap. Oh, 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 shit, that's a body. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, uh, it's, it's it's genius. I ended up having to watch it accidentally one and a, one and a half times because mm-hmm. uh, I was stealing the movie off of off the internet. Right. And the first one that I was watching, like I didn't know what what the movie was supposed to be, right. and I started reading the comments as I was halfway through it, and people were just bashing it. They was like, "Why would you take this?" Um, because they uh, they took the score and then replaced it with something else, and I didn't know because it was my first time right, watching yeah. it. And they was like, "Why would you do that? This is shit. Like you just destroyed yada yada yada." And I was like, "What the fuck?" And then like I, I was like forty five minutes into the movie, so then. <laughs> I went and found the real one, and then started from the beginning. And I was like, "Whoa, no, you guys are right. There's you a, guys are right." Like he there's knew what he was doing. Conscious difference. Yeah, and and the music, the music aided everything that was happening. Mm-hmm. When there wasn't music, it was genius. Yes, I don't think the sword fight had any music attached to it. I don't remember that. Uh, I I don't I don't know. Yeah, I wouldn't know either. But I've, I'm feeling like it didn't. Maybe which not. Kind of like highlights for me, like all the action. Like I, kn- he's a very purposeful filmmaker. There's yeah, nothing in that movie that wasn't there for a reason. No, even if I didn't like it. Yeah. Uh, it was there for a reason. Yeah. Uh, any closing words on Kurosawa? This is one of the few films where um, I don't have a favorite character at all. Like it, it just, it just made me question a lot of. Uh, it made me question truth. Right. You know what? What is truth? Is there such thing as truth? You know, because I mean, it's 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 all in perspective. You know, I mean, it's it's it it it, it was it was a hard thing to digest. I was thinking as soon as I finished seeing it, it <laughs> was a um, 
it's comparable to like you can go see like a, a, a cheesy movie that you already know the formula and the format for it it's equivalent to like going to mcdonald's like you're so familiar with it you eat it you know the taste of it your body knows that what's coming you digest that shit and it's done right. you know but um but this film right here is like it was just like beyond my palate beyond my taste it was like i was putting something in my mouth that my taste buds couldn't recognize any of it for me to like i knew i was enjoying it but right. it's like i couldn't identify the the many different things that was going on so by the time i finished the movie like it's still following the food analogy i'm just like sitting on this large meal and my body cannot process it right. i can't digest it and i don't have any words to talk to anybody about it with because it's just so new and different it's you like, know it's like going to a michelin star restaurant when all, all you're eating is kind of like mcdonald's mcdonald's yeah, yeah yeah you're just like what, the, like, fuck? what the fuck there is spices in yeah this? yeah <laughs> yeah it's it's that's a, I think that's a pretty good way of, of describing the effect that this movie has. So you just kind of have to sit it with it for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched it last night and I'm still kind of like I'm sure that I listen to this episode when it comes out and I'm like ah fuck I forgot to mention that thing. I mean yeah uh, yeah it's one of those movies and I, I watch old cinema mm. just watch old and it doesn't have to be Kurosawa watch Kurosawa watch uh, George Orwell's yeah watch yeah. Uh, watch the people that were before you man because we're yeah. standing on their shoulders yeah we can't ignore those shoulders they're mm. there for a reason oh yeah and uh, fuck it makes me so sad when people ignore them yeah. But, uh, okay, so, Rashomon, Akira Kurosawa, yep. one of the greatest movies of all time. Yes. Brilliant, brilliant study into what's truth mm-hmm. and how you can use film to portray a perspective. Yeah. And sort of let the audience, you can, how you make the audience a, a moral judge of what's happening in your film. Yeah. Kurosawa does that amazingly. Sure and it's did. a little preachy. It's a little preachy. It is. But, but it's the 1950s. Yeah. So, it, you kind of have to be a little preachy back then. Mm. But just enjoy the movie, man. It's, it's really good. good. It's really fucking good. Hells yeah. All right. We're done with Kurosawa? Yeah. All right. Cheers. <laughs> I will. We will be right back with the closing. Oh. Anyway, we are back with uh, the closing. Uh, yeah. The, the, the movie premieres and, and telly. So Hells what's yeah. up? Movie premieres from Tuesday, November the 1st through Monday, November the 7th. Uh, let's see what we got going on here. Uh, first Friday, November the 1st, The Crown. The uh, Crown. It's going to be a drama on Netflix. Uh, Netflix drama screenwriter uh, Peter Morgan and director uh, Stephen Daldry examines Queen Elizabeth II's early reign. Okay. So we'll we'll learn something about Queen Elizabeth. Um, John Lithgow was in it, so that's, that's John notable. Lithgow? John Lithgow. He was in um, Dexter, a oh. Third Rock from the Sun. Uh... I don't know what he looks like. Other things. I'll Google him later. Yeah. Good on you, John Lithgow. John Lithgow, he's, he's, he's cool people. Yeah. Friend of the show. Friend of the podcast. <laughs> uh, but that's Sends uh, letters every so often. <laughs> yeah. He's up there with Matthew. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's uh, Friday, November the 4th, The Crown. They'll be coming to Netflix. Uh, the next thing is Dana Carvey, Straight White Male, 60. Straight White Man. Wait, Dana Carvey, the master of the skies, Dana Carvey? Yeah. No. Yeah. Shit. Hell yeah, man. So you're doing a stand-up or a movie? Stand-up. No, that should be interesting. It's a stand-up special, straight white male, 60. So I'm guessing nobody's replying to that. <laughs> if, if he's putting that in his, like, his Tinder profile, I'm straight, <laughs> I'm white, and I'm I'm, I'm just a man, and I'm 60. Yeah, there's, there's no fun in that. I made a movie. <laughs> that wasn't a good movie, but I made it. No, no, no. Dan, Dan Carvey's awesome. He's awesome. Yeah. I was no, just I, like, I like him a lot. Yeah. Just Master of the Skies wasn't a good movie. Yeah. Is that the one where the, uh, <laughs> the turtle? The turtle. Yeah. I'm turtle. I'm <laughs> enough for the turtle club. Turtle, turtle. <laughs> yeah, he was on. Uh, he was on SNL for uh, for a good long stint. Re- nice. Really good impressions. Um, but yeah, that's Dana Carvey, straight white male, sixty. A comedy on Netflix, Friday, November the fourth. Cool. 
Uh, next thing coming up is going to be on Saturday, November the 5th. Who Killed John Benet? Who Killed John Benet? It's a uh, drama on Lifetime at 8 p.m. Saturday, November the 5th. Fucking uh, Lifetime. Do you remember? Well, I don't know. I, well, I was even young for this. Yeah. Uh, it was a it was a beauty pageant little girl named John Benet Ramsey, mm-hmm. and uh, she was murdered, but they never found. I know out. the name. Yeah. I know that I have heard the case. I haven't. Yeah. I wasn't alive for it. They they never really found out who killed uh, John Benet Ramsey, but the the running. Uh, guesstimation theory is that her parents killed her oh shit yeah like it's a pretty strong like anybody there like yeah her parents killed her you okay. know but they they're they're not in jail so huh is that yeah. a documentary uh it's, it's just a drama okay. so they're Probably just based on the story ba- baseless yeah. almost because <laughs> i mean it's not a documentary so they're just gonna take john benet ramsey and then make a large story around that because she has a name yep I mean, that's, you know what, now thinking about it, that's pretty shitty. Yeah, it's pretty tasteless. Yeah, like she was like a five-year-old that was murdered, and now they're, they're going to profit off of her name. Yeah. Like somebody's profiting off this murdered child's name. Yeah, that's Hollywood for you. That shit, bro. Yeah, yeah, that's Hollywood. Whoa. <laughs> that's, that's, that's pretty shit. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, wow. Yeah, it's, actu- it's actually pretty fucking disgusting. Whoa. That someone will profit off someone's murder like that. Yeah. Holy fuck. Yep. Uh, all right. It's okay, buddy. We'll make it through. Whoa. Um, I think I think Chris just had a realization. Just yeah. Kinda like, oh fuck. Yeah, man. It's like uh, like it's one thing. It's like the, the like the unsolved mysteries where you're like you're trying to find the murderer of the child. Right. And but I mean you're getting viewers, so I mean your network is still making money. But it's in the but you're um, still trying to actively solve actively the do something. Yeah. And it's like you're not trying to solve a problem. You're just you're just making this child's murder entertainment yep. at this point. It's fucked up. In the hood. Oh, that's that shit. That's shit. Uh, don't don't watch that, guys. Yeah, don't, let's not do that. Don't fucking watch that. Um, let's see. The next thing coming up is gonna be Monday, November the seventh, um, twenty sixteen SNL election special. Jesus Christ. Saturday Night Live. They've been murdering all of these like Saturday. Debates. Yeah, so it's funny. It's yeah. I can't <laughs> wait for that. Thing about the debates. Really, they all suck. Mm-hmm. But it's like, did you sexually assault that woman? We gotta kill ISIS. Gotta kill ISIS. ISIS. Did, did, did you hear the question I just asked you? Yes, we have to kill ISIS. <laughs> <laughs> what? Sir, I asked you about the sexual assault ISIS. Yeah, yep. We have to. ISIS. We have to get rid have of to ISIS. Kill ISIS. Got to get rid of them. <laughs> the uh, but yeah, that's uh, Monday, November the seventh. Uh, the two thousand and sixteen SNL election special is a comedy on ABC at ten p.m. Nice. Uh, the next show is American Dad on the same day. It's an animation comedy. TBS at eight thirty p.m. Done with American Dad. Done with Family Guy. I'm done. I'm, I'm, I'm done. done with I'm done with Family Guy. Not done with American Dad yet. Like really? I like I don't even I think American Dad is so much better than Family Guy. Huh. Like family like of like all time like Family Guy you can get like a seven or six. Mm-hmm. American Dad you get like an eight or a nine. American Dad does have pretty good moments. It's just smarter. It's yeah. a smarter cartoon than Family Guy. Family Guy's funny as shit. Like I like the characters. I like right. the characters way more in Family Guy. Brian, Stewie, Peter, you know, Meg. Like I love all those characters, but American Dad's just smarter. Not but sure. um, but I'll, uh, okay, I'll, I'll give you that. Still not that good anymore, but because <laughs> I'm not gonna watch it. I'm still not gonna watch it. I mean, I'm really just playing devil's advocate here. I, I I'm gonna <laughs> suck the show's dick, but let me tell you, it's not a good dick. It's not, <laughs> <laughs> it's not that good of a dick, guys. It's kind of. It's, it's, uh, yeah. I mean, I've been sucking it for a while, so yeah. I mean, I kind of gotta <laughs> keep with it, you know. So and with it, it's like we've been married for four years, and it's like it's gotten shitty and lumpy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's there. still got to do it. <laughs> uh, they, but that's a Monday, November the 7th. Um, the next show coming out is going to be Martha and Snoop's Potluck Dinner. The, I am so 
fucking ready for that. Yep. That shit is awesome. Martha Stewart and Snoop Dogg. Mm-hmm. Fuck yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a reality show on VH1, 10 p.m. Monday, November the seventh. That sounds awesome, man. That sounds fucking cool. I love Snoop Dogg, and now I'm love. I'm loving Martha Stewart. I mean, I would hope that. It would have to involve like marijuana for all Some of their point, recipes. Yeah. Making pot brownies. I, w- I want pot brownies. I want like um like the the oil butter. I want like <laughs> marijuana butter. I want I want to see them make all the shit, <laughs> all the shit. My favorite thing about uh, that Snoop Dogg has done so far. Mm-hmm. Have you seen him narrate Animal Planet? Yeah, that's everywhere. Yeah, man, ain't no fucking with no mongoose. <laughs> it's like Snoop. What the fuck are you? You're I love you, no man. No mongoose, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, and that's um that's Monday, November the seventh. Uh, the next is going to be Tuesday, November the 8th. No, that's coming in on next week. So that's it. Nice. For television. Cool. For movies this week, do we have anything that's worth mentioning? No, like we, we, we do have one that's worth mentioning, but I want to see if there's something before that because that's the only good movie it looks like. Uh, first one we're going to say A Loving is rated PG-13, 123-minute runtime, has a meta score of 74 out of 100. Nice. Uh, it says Richard and Mildred Loving. An interracial couple are sentenced to prison in Virginia in 1958 for getting married. Oh, Oof. shit. That's, that's some heavy. That's heavy. Heavy top subject matter. Yeah. Rated a PG-13, 123-minute runtime. is listed as a biography drama. Huh. That um, sounds interesting, actually. Yeah. I don't uh, recognize any of the uh, the names in this, but, I mean, they got a good story, it sounds like. Uh, nope. The next thing is going to be Hacksaw Ridge. Rated R, 131-minute runtime, is listed as a biography, drama, romance, and war movie. Huh. Uh, let's see. Director Mel Gibson. Oh. Mel Gibson still making movies. Starring Vince Vaughn. Thing. Mel Gibson had a really good movie. Out. Man, it's like I, I wanted to like not watch his movies anymore either. Mm-hmm. And um, a movie came out called Bloodfather, and I didn't even like announce it for the premieres. Right. Got to Kava's class. He told me how good the fucking movie was. And then a couple of weeks ago, it showed up again with like an 85% of Rotten Jesus. Tomatoes rating. Yeah. I'm like, shit, fucking Mel Gibson. So Sometimes like, you have to separate the artist from, you the, have to. from the art. Yeah. You have to. I mean, he, he does good work. But um, but yeah, that is Hacksaw Ridge. He even has Vince Vaughn and uh, Sam Worthington. Sam Worthington's the guy from um, Avatar. Oh, really? Yeah. The he played the the, the main character. The main character. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so, I mean he has he has some actors in there. That's Teresa Palmer cool. and uh, Andrew Garfield are in it as well. Uh, the rundown is a World War World World War World War World War. That's like a tongue war, war, twister. World war, war. War, war. War, war War War. Just turn into the elites from Halo. War War War. Yeah. World War II uh, Army Amer- Army medic uh, who served during the Battle of Okinawa refuses to kill people. Yes, I know this movie. Oh, all right, let me sorry. get through with it. All I'm right. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I got excited. Um, who, who, who served during the Battle of Okinawa refuses to kill people and becomes the first conscientious objector in American history to be awarded the Medal of Honor. Nice. That was it's yeah. a pretty fascinating movie to watch. I'm, I'm interested like in that. That's the first time I've heard word word about this movie. Yeah, oh, no, no, we seen the preview for that, didn't we? Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. yeah. <coughs> Fuck, something in my throat. All right, well, no, yeah, I, I am interested in seeing that. Yeah. Hacksaw Ridge, um, that's rated R, 131-minute runtime. Go see that, guys. That, that sounds Absolutely, good. sounds like a fun movie. Uh, next movie is going to be Trolls. It's an animated uh, am- animated film. It's rated uh. PG. 92 minutes. It's listed as a uh, adventure, comedy, family, fantasy. Has a meta score of 48 out of 100. Uh, the rundown is a troll princess and her companion, the one unhappy troll, try to rescue her friends from being eaten by their nemesis. Stars I mean, Anna Kendrick, Zoe Deschanel, Justin Timberlake. Oh, I'm back sold again. <laughs> just got Timberlake. <laughs> just got Justin sold. Timberlake. All right, watching this movie. I mean, no, Zoe, Zoe Chanel and, and Justin Timberlake. 
Zoe, Zoe, Zoe Deschanel, um, sister of um, other yeah, uh, Deschanel. Emily Deschanel. Emily, Emily? Emily? Yeah. yeah, Emily. Yeah. yeah. Emily Deschanel. Hell yeah. So I'm like, I'm like, well, yeah. I guess I'm just going to get her voice in yeah. this animation. Yeah. Sorry, buddy. You I'm, can watch 500 Days of Summer. I'm still going to. Pretty gonna, good at that one. I'm, all right. You got uh, Gordon Lovett, too. It's kind of like Timberlake. No, Except what? what? <laughs> you don't know. No. <laughs> No. Where's Daniela? Where's Daniela? <laughs> you bring Daniela back so she can tell you the wonders of Justin Timberlake and his peroxide bleach blonde hair. Peroxide bleach. <laughs> Not gonna Fucking have it. Fucking ramen noodle ass hair. <laughs> that's uh, that's trolls. It's um, it's PG. It's a PG movie, ninety-two minutes. And last and certainly not least, it's going to be the biggest movie coming out this weekend, Doctor Strange. Doctor fucking, that comes out this weekend? Doctor Strange fuck? comes out this weekend. Next weekend. Oh. <laughs> 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 For those of you that didn't see that, Chris looked at me and said, it's the next one, you idiot, <laughs> with his eyes. <laughs> it's like, it's not really this weekend. <laughs> um, Doctor Strange is uh, rated PG-13, 115-minute runtime, has a meta score of 74. A former, a former neurosurgeon embarks on a journey of healing, only to be drawn into the world of the mythic arts. Mystic arts. Mystic, yep. Yeah. Uh, Tilda Swinton, Benedict Cumberbatch, Cucumber Patch, Benadryl Cucumber Patch, whatever the fuck you want to call him. Yeah. There's essentially <laughs> two Benedicts starring in this movie, Benedict Cumberpatch and Benedict Wong. Oh. <laughs> Who would have thought? Cumberpatch. Yeah. Cumber. <laughs> and uh, Rachel McAdams is in it as well. I love Benedict's name. Yeah. It's so great. It's like I, it's, it just seems so odd to have two Benedicts in a movie where I, I wouldn't think that parents would name their child uh, Benedict, Benedict in America because of Benedict Arnold. Well, uh, Benedict, uh, they're both English. Oh, so they're not American. Yeah, so, yeah, that, American. that does make sense. Uh, Cumberbatch is English, at least. I don't know what the other guy is. That would make sense. Yeah. Yeah, the Benedict Arnold thing is like, oh, that would what suck. What is the Benedict Arnold thing? Um, a snitch, a traitor, um, oh. a turncoat. You know, it's like if, if, I, if I say that me and you are going to go do something and then we get found out. And I was like, well, Brian had the idea and he said that we should do this and this and this and this. And he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> okay. And Benedict Arnold. That makes sense. Yeah, no, they're, they're both English. Okay. I would assume. But yeah, that's that's all that we have for movies and television for this weekend. Fuck yeah. I guess that's another podcast episode done. Yo, episode 40. Episode fucking 40. Episode we 40. We are 12 episodes away from a year. Yeah. Yep. Like this is where we're, we're about to start scheduling for the remainder of 2016. Like, I'm insane. Like that's it. Like 2016. Like we've, that's a year. Cause we started in December. Did we really? In December of last year. We started December 2015. Uh, yeah. We and started, that, that wasn't the first episode came out in December. Holy shit. And then the second episode came out in January. So we started, we started December 2015 and we're, we're about to be in 2017 now. Yep. Still podcasting. Yep. That's pretty insane. Awesome. That's Thank you guys awesome. for the support, generally. It, it's insane that yes, you yeah. guys still listen. Yeah. No, we got like 20 to 40 listens an episode. We got like two minutes. You want to like give shout outs to like people that we know listen? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, let, let me see. Um, uh, Casa Sterling, that's a shout out, bro. We were in the military together. Okay. Really, really cool guy. I think he works TSA now. Awesome guy. He, um, back then I was really, really into music and we would uh, talk back and forth and he, I was like, yeah, I can just listen to music all day. He was like, nah, not me, man. I watch movies all day, no matter <laughs> what. I was like, really? I'm like, all right. You know? <laughs> Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. Casa Sterling. Casa Sterling. Shout out to you. Yeah. Uh, I got, uh, Lauren. Lauren. Lauren who? Uh, she's been here a couple times. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep, uh, yep. Listens to the podcast a shit time. Yeah, she does. She like texts me sometimes every so often and be like, hey, you said this thing. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. And I was like, no, oh, the podcast. Lauren. Three weeks ago. <laughs> Of course, um, 
Uh, which boy? Uh, Sage is less than Cofield. Yeah, Sage Cofield. Sage Cofield. Sage Big Sage shout out to him. Yeah. Shout out to him. He, he he's he's been listening. He's been binging us lately. Yeah. yeah. He like sits in his in his living room and just with Alexa mm. and just hooks up to his Bluetooth and just listens to us while he does shit around the house. Yeah. Who, That's fucking cool. Who's the lady that I talked to yesterday that um that got on you about the uh, Jasmine. Jasmine Jasmine Berg Jasmine Berg. Bird. 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 Jasmine yeah. Bird. Shout out to you. <laughs> yeah. Every time she sees me, she gives me shit about something. I said <laughs> the it's fucking great. She is awesome. I, um, I seen her yesterday. I walked up. I didn't even recognize her at first. I was like, I, I just walked into a line. I was like, I, I was told there would be pie. <laughs> she was like, yes, you're in the right place. <laughs> I was told there would be pie. Yes. That's a great pickup line. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is one of the cool things about the school like we have a culinary department and they're yeah. constantly making us food yep so i got like i got an apple pie i got a, a chocolate pie i mean i just like, I, yeah brownies like i mean i, I ate fucking up fucking awesome hills yeah man sometimes they make this little like uh niblets of mm. of like duck and chicken and yes. beef yeah and i fucking love when that happens because mm. that shit is goddamn delicious i don't know how to process the duck my my, my taste buds don't understand you know, because I, I mean, it's a you, weird meat. It is. We were talking about, um, or I was saying, like, I need to introduce a new animal mm-hmm. into, like, the basic food groups. Oh, groups, yeah, that's right. You know? And it's just at the same time, and it's like, I don't, uh, maybe my palate just isn't ready for it yet. Maybe I need to stick with, like, the Duck pigs. is gamey, and it's mm-hmm. sort of, the fat is weird. Mm-hmm. So, like, when you cook duck, you have to know how to cook duck yeah. for it to, like, taste really good. Yeah. Okay. But, fuck yeah, who else listens to us? Uh, any other shout outs? I think we li- we uh we Daniela, shot who had a great episode. Daniela Oresti, yeah. hey hey. You had a fucking fantastic episode, and thank <laughs> yeah, you did. for listening to us. She definitely did. That shit's fucking dope. You should check out her episode. Uh, yeah, it's last week's episode. Last week, 39. episode thirty nine. We talked about DC. Mm-hmm. Shit was dope. Hell yeah. Uh, I think. Oh, we got to shout out that um the uh the Denmark guy or wh- where where's that guy from? Korea. <laughs> okay, here there's uh, a guy from there's a guy from Seoul mm-hmm. in South Korea. Yeah. There's a guy from Denmark, mm-hmm. and this, there's Two people from Auckland, New Zealand. Okay. Which is insane to me. Yeah. And there's two people from Egypt. Okay. And then three people from Germany. Nice. <laughs> like, so shout out to you guys. I don't know who the fuck you are, but goddamn, if like, we're reaching that far. Interact with us, man. Like, yeah. or, or And ladies. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> in, in, interact with us, like, like genuinely. Like, that. we would really, really like that. Yeah, no, we want to hear from you guys. We want to hear what you like. We want to know what, what you think. Of yeah. the movies, of the episodes we talked about. We yeah. want you to rate and review us. Yeah. Uh, just just talk to us, man. Let's have a conversation. Yeah. Let's do it. Hells yeah. Man. <laughs> right. you, th- you thought I was going to say nigger cunt, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> you thought I was going to say nigger cunt. <laughs> uh, but I didn't. I didn't. You did not say it. <laughs> did not. Did not say it. Except for the two times that he said it. <laughs> anyway, seriously, thank you guys so much for all the continued support. It means a lot to us that we can do this and you guys will listen to our voices for an hour and a half yeah and you and uh, and of course you can find us on twitter at underscore ffs podcast you can find us on the itunes podcast app google play music stitcher oh yeah and soundcloud all under for film's sake yeah we're in four fucking platforms and we're gonna just keep expanding yeah because there's like so many outlets that you can download podcasts from like you can spotify fucking title like there's so many outlets like a lot and we're only on episode 40 yep so we're yeah. going to keep doing that shit. Find, I, I actually, I recommend yeah. uh, if any of the platforms that you have for podcast, I recommend Stitcher. Stitcher, yes. Stitcher is really, really good. I, I really, really like them. I agree. Like uh, I'm, and, and this is coming from somebody that's primarily been um, iTunes mm-hmm. podcasting for like six, seven years. And immediately Stitcher is the shit. Yeah. Promise pretty good. you. Pretty Promise you good. guys. Yes. Uh, listen to us on Stitcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the platform that I would highly encourage you to listen I to agree. us to. Because it's such a cool platform, and I want to support them. So give yeah. them, give them your, your time. Yeah. 
And uh, that's about it for today's episode. That's it. Cheers. Bye. Enjoy. Bye.